um, I was told to discuss on the fire and the glory. I'm sorry, the altar and the glory. Uh, I want us to open our Bible to the book of Exodus 20. I'm going to be reading from verse 20, 22 to 26. Thank you for Pastor Ogbeche, who has virtually preached what I, are, what I want to teach. <laughs> <laughs> he said it when he came up and said that, uh, thank God that he came and uh, he really did, he did justice. But God always saved the best for the last. <laughs> and he will speak to us also in the mighty name of Jesus. Um, he says, and the Lord, from 22, Exodus 22, and the Lord said unto Moses, Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, Ye have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Ye shall not make with me gods of silver, neither shall ye make unto you gods of gold. An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings, and thy peace offerings, thy sheep, and thine oxen. And in all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. And if thou wilt make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it, build it of hewn stone, for it, if thou lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto my altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. Praise the Lord. Am I having the King James Version or the, end, uh, the New King James? I prefer the King James. Thank you. Now, the word of God is given by the inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, it's profitable for reproof, it's profitable for correction, and it's profitable for instruction. And what does it do? It is to make a man of God to be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. <coughs> so the words that we are going to be discussing today is for reproof, that is a rebuke, is for correction, so as to make amend in any areas of our lives that for some reasons that we have not advanced to that level at which God wants us to be. And also is for instruction. There is also instruction in every verse of the scripture that we read, how to go about certain things. And I pray that we will be able to abide in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. What is an altar? Uh, I have a little variation here about what an altar is. Uh, I see it as an, an altar is an outcome of a spiritual encounter you have with God as a way of sustaining an unbroken communion with God. i go over it again. An altar is an outcome of a spiritual encounter you have with God as a way of sustaining an unbroken communion with God. Altars come out of spiritual encounter. Altars come out of spiritual encounter. So when you are talking of altar, yes, there is the physical structure which makes an altar, like where I am. And also there are different types of altar. There is the, there is the evil altar, which we are not going to go today into. But we're talking of the altar of the Most High God. There is the one that we're standing on. There is the altar that is called the family altar. 
And that's the one all of us gather, our families, we pray on. It's been raised. It's not physical. It's, not, it's a dedicated place, but it's not an elevated place like this. So structurally, the purpose of an altar is not in the structure. It is in the positioning. It is in the heart of man. It is in how you carry on that particular consideration in your heart. Because it's an encounter that you, are going to, that you have. And if you have an encounter, there is the possibility for you to want to remember that encounter you have. So what do you do after having that encounter? So when we take it in that concept, we will be able to internalize the fact that altar is more spiritual than the physical. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's more spiritual than the physical. Uh, like I said, there's the corporate altar, there's the family altar, there's a the personal altar. Further down in the teaching, we are going to be talking more on personal altars, which is what concerns you and I, and which is what we need to really, really dwell on, to improve on, to build if you don't have any, and to also understand how to nurture it, which is very, very important. Nurturing the altar is very, very important. Not to just say, I have an altar, but what do you do with it? Just like Pastor Bishi said, the difference in an altar is in the fire that must be there. It must not go off. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 1 to 10. Praise the Lord. Then what is glory? I also define glory as something that has to do with honor. Glory is the gain. When we, when we relate it with the topic, altar and the glory, meaning that your altar, what is the gain of the altar that you have? What is the glory? What is the implication? What, what do you have the altar for? What, do you, what is the reward, let me put it that way, of that altar that you have built or the altar that you have? So when we tie it together, we we'll understand that the altar and the glory plays a significant role in the life of a Christian, a child of God who, wants, who, who has somewhere to go, who is a believer that has trust that God is there for him. The two must tally together. Praise the Lord. Um, Leviticus chapter 6 verse 12 says, And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And it shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offering. The fire shall ever be burning upon the heart altar, it shall never go out. Let's look at this verse of scripture. It says, the fire upon the altar shall be burning. Now, we have described altar as a place in your heart, as a place whereby you have an encounter with God. So, if you have an encounter with God, there is a point at which you have to remember how that encounter is. And every time as a child of God, you want that encounter to continue. You always want to be in the presence of God. And that is why the altar on the fire must not burn. What is it that sustains that? It's the, your prayer, your, your, your ability to come forward and say, Lord, I want to fellowship with you. That is the sustenance of that altar. And they say, and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. Why every morning? Why every morning? It means that the morning is the beginning of the day. Before you do anything, you have 
to go and nurture the altar. You have to step in there and, and, and ask God for that encounter. So that before you step out, is the first thing you do while you are getting out of the bed. The man of God said that anyone that wakes up in the morning and his knees does not touch the floor or the ground, but probably we're talking about the developing countries or how do we put it, but the God of the developing countries is also the God of everywhere. Uh, that the person has to have a rethink because the touching down of your knee is a, symbolizes the surrender unto the Most High God. That as you are going out today, you want him to recognize you and to protect you and to give you, to, to, to know that he is the number one. So when we talk about the morning and the wood, you know what wood is? The wood burns. They did not say you should put concrete. It's wood. So that the thing will not go off. If you, there are times you can put uh, what you call gasoline on a, on a concrete. It can just burn briefly and it will, it will die. But a wood can continue to smoother. A wood, even if it is dying, as you blow on it, it can pick up again. Praise the Lord. So it says that the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. That's orderliness. There's orderliness in everything that God God is not the author of confusion. When you want an order, even in this church of God, there is an order that has to be followed. When you step out in the morning and you do not follow the order, you find out that you wake up and then you are not come. By the time you come back, you start to wonder how has your day been because you did not follow the order. If the time to answer phone call is the time you are praying, you have not followed If the answer to, to pray is the time you are answering the phone call, then you have not followed the order. Say that the lay burnt trumpet is not upon it, and it shall burn there on it the fat of the peace offerings. Your peace offerings is your fellowship with him. And the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar, it shall never go out. I pray that our fire will not go out in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at Exodus, because that is my main focus, which is our text this morning. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, 24. He said, and see, uh, and, uh, and see exactly what type of altar God wants us to build. Excuse me, please. An altar of earth thou shalt make upon unto me. What is the what does that mean? An altar of earth. It's not asking for an altar of concrete. It's not asking for altar of gold of earth. You know that from the dust man is made. And anything that have a semblance of that, it has to do with humility. Something that is basic. Something every one of us can afford. An altar of earth. Earth means that nobody can tell me that he cannot step out of his house and get an earth to be able to mold something. So that is how God is. How, God, how easy our God is. He, 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 he wants to fellowship with us. When you back up in that book of Exodus chapter 20, he said that, he said that and they said unto Moses, speak thou with us and we will hear, but let, let not God speak with us lest we die. 
That is the, what the children of Israel was telling, David, was telling Moses. Moses was to gather the children of Israel. Was to gather, let me show that verse, verse 19, please. And that, the, the, the encounter was at Mount Sinai when David went to take the instruction from God on how the children of Israel shall be led. They are supposed to, God plan, God's plan is for them to see him so that sins can be taken away from them. When I read this scripture, it's very, very, uh, very, very potent. And what that one means is that cannot trace that place. But God said, if you read that particular verse, uh, chapter 20, he said that gather the children of Israel that whether by them having a glimpse of him, that they will be afraid of committing sin. Literally, that's what God is saying. But when you say people should be afraid of God, that is to say that God in the beginning have already wrapped up a situation whereby children of God Will, be, will leave the void of sin. But here, it was being rejected by the children of Israel. And here, this particular verse is the beginning of where people have to seek pastors to go and stand in the gap for them. When he says that, thou shalt... Oh, sorry. When he says that, and the people... And the Lord said unto Moses, thou shalt say unto the... You said, you shall not make an altar of... No, no. 19, sorry. And they said unto Moses, speak thou with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. Meaning that today when we see somebody saying that I want to go and meet my pastor to pray for me, when he has not prayed, or we are looking for somebody like a prayer contract, that, like pastor said, to contract it out. This is how it all started. When people now say, go, go and speak, we are going to hear, we are going to hear from you. They don't want to have that personal encounter. But God wants to fellowship with them. God wants them to know exactly who he is so that they can be able to put in perspective the type of God they are serving. But they lost it. And today, we are here. We need to make amends, to cut an end to having to seek an intermediary for people to reach God on our behalf. Let us learn how to build an altar that we will have a place whereby we can reach God directly by ourselves. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say, an altar that shall not make unto me, and that sacrifice thou on thy burnt offerings. What is burnt offerings? The burnt offerings that we're talking about is is that your consecration. When you are consecrated unto the Most High God, it's a sacrifice. On that burnt offering, that is what it means. Your consecration is for you to sanctify yourself. Your consecration is for you to go out there where you are and say that if all others are doing it differently, I am going to do it the way God said I should do it. That is your consecration. You want to get to his presence so that your consecration shall be fulfilled. Your fellowship offering is what you want. And on your altar, the offering shall con- the, the fire shall continue to burn. And then he said, don't make an altar of hewn stone. Hewn stone. An altar of hewn stone, to understand it, and hewn stone is just like a stone where people have chipped. You, have, you know that when you have the decorative stones, all those stones you have, when you have it, it comes naturally. 
and somebody that wants to use to be decorated, they shape it. That is what is called an heel stone. God is saying that come natural, come as you are. This is a stone. You know, this, this, this stone, you are going to pollute it when you try to carve it, when you try to make it. And, and, and it's an instruction for us as disciples, for those of us who are pastors, those of us who have the souls of people now, and let us not oppress them. Let us not say, God say, when God did not say. Let us not tell them that, look, go and carry out 20 days fasting. Go and sit that, go and pray this, go and pray that. God is saying that, leave them, let them come as they are. The stone that is hewing, he said it is polluted. As you come to the presence of God, he is ready to mold you to how he wants you to be. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Number four, he said, don't go by steps to the altar. Don't go by steps to my altar. An altar that you are going to reach by steps. No, not this type, sir. <laughs> this, is, this is a low altar. It says, <laughs> let me, you know this one, this one is slow. What God is telling us here is that this altar that I have here is the altar that uh, is, if it is too high, I, I don't, I, I'm not a taskmaster. Don't come unto me through a steps that you have to struggle to reach me. That's what God is saying. I am easy. My yoke is easy and light. I'm not going to give pressed unto you to do what I don't want you to do. So, so you come as you have. But uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit more than that. Because when God told me something about this word, he said that uh, there are certain of our people, children of God, that want to... Come unto God to replicate what others are doing. You know, when you want to be like, okay, uh, I read that uh, John Knox prayed for until when the marble at which he, he kneeled down on was uh, chipping away. Is that true, sir? Okay, thank you for the confirmation. And if you, as a child of God, you are just beginning and you want to reach that level, then you have not really, really started. That is, you want to get to God through climbing of steps that is higher than you. Start from where it is able for you to assess him. He said it will take you like that. Because the one that is John Knox, the one that is Ayo Babalala, the one that prayed 20 hours is because they started at one point. And so don't want to copy. Don't want to say that you want to reach him. And that's what that steps is telling us. Very important for us to understand that as many that we have in our congregation that are, I will thank God for Jesus as Alistair. Uh, uh, there is a woman, you know, I was just telling my wife, whom we normally go to pick every morning. I have to do that. She's a Caucasian. And somehow, last Sunday, I wasn't really comfortable of what I was perceiving in my car when I, after dropping her. So when I got my told my wife, I said that I thought I have left all these things when I was doing the work at Ogoni in Port Harcourt, that this one is much more than Ogoni work because uh, uh, you expect that you know, there's cleanliness or all those tidiness you know, in, developing, uh, in developed country, but somehow we need to manage. He said, no, that everything is everywhere. There are some that 
At times, even for more than five days, they have not even gotten a paste, talk less of using a toothbrush. So you have to be able to manage everything with our hand. Ours is to nurture them, to be able to understand that, look, apart from the spiritual that you are getting, you are also getting the one that will physical, the one that will help you through. And God is helping us. She's a daughter of encouragement. Among some of the Caucasians that we talked to that started, she's about one or two that is still remaining with us. And we give glory to God. Even on Saturday, she will call, please, Pastor, are you coming to pick me? I said, no worry, I'll pick you the next day. Praise the Lord. So he said that, do not try to reach me through the steps. Neither shall thou go up by steps unto my altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. You know, when you want to do more than yourself, it's going to be revealed that, oh, you are limited in scope. But you want to do what people that have spent before God have done. Praise the Lord. Then, uh, also... God wants us to approach, our, approach him at our pace. Some can pray for five hours a day, while some can do 30 minutes and grow from there. What am I saying? I'm not saying it's not good to pray for three hours, but if it is five minutes, you have to be consistent. If it is 10 minutes, that is the work of a personal author because he will be expecting you at the appointed time that you have taken with him. That is our God for you. He wants you to come. He wants to fellowship. He wants to stand with you. So the altar that you have built at the place that you say you will meet him, he will always be waiting there to meet you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What are the... Okay, lastly, in this uh, subtopic about uh, the... Uh, the exposition of that particular text. He said, God says it will come to places where he records his name with blessing for whoever. This means God is waiting for our altar as a testimony of our recognition of his being in order to bless. God is waiting for our invitation. Because if he says that I will, I will come to those places where I have called, it means that God has a one that is the supreme beam over our lives. He said, if he's not recognized, he's not going to come where he's not invited. Revelation 3.20 says that, I knock at the door of your heart. If thou open it, I will come in and sup with you. If you do not open well, it will throw back. Then this also resonates with me that, look, God have a register. He takes attendance. He said that anywhere I go, it is that place that I'm invited. I record it. He said, I will record the places and name the blessing for you. He said, I will go about you, and anywhere I go, I'm going to record it. He said, uh, and if that will make me an altar of stone, that shall not be the twin stone. Um, he said, in all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. In all places. So if he has not recognized you as you building an altar for him, he, may, he will not come, but if he comes, you have been noted, you have been written in the book that he carries that, so that at the time that you are to, 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 to meet with him, he will have his blessings that he wants to give to you. Without the altar, he said he will not come. If you don't come, if you don't invite him, he will not come. Your invitation to him is the altar that you have. Now, 
What is the purpose and what are the implications of this altar? I want to tell you that for most great men of God that have gone before us in the scripture, one of them build one altar or the other. None of them take for granted what God has done for them. They always recognize him at that point in time that God touches them. And when God touched them, they always have a remembrance because an altar is a place of covenant, it's a place of remembrance. It's a place that where all things are hard, you go back there. And when you get there, you'll be meeting. You say, oh, you are back. I have what you need. Praise the Lord. For example, somebody like Jacob, Noah, Abraham, and Daniel, they build an altar unto the God for each and every encounter they have. Take, for example, the case of Jacob. Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, verse 22. Jacob 28, 22. Genesis, sorry. <laughs> Genesis, he said that, And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. This is when he was going to meet Laban to stay with him. He called the place Bethel. And that is the beginning of his journey. After he has had an encounter with Esau and he had to leave. And he said that the angels were descending and climbing. And he said, there's God in this place. He dedicated this place and he built an altar there. He called the place Bethel. And when you move forward to Genesis 31, 32, as this God is not a God that forgets the labor of love. He's not the God that forgets everyone that made promises unto him. He said, come unto me all you that are heavy laden, and I give you rest. That is what he said. He said, I will not leave you or forsake you. He proved it in the life of Jacob. In Genesis chapter 31, verse 13, he said that God remembered Jacob for acting him by building him an altar. He said, I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointed the altar. Genesis 31, 13. Where thou anointed the altar, and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, Get thee out of this land and return unto the land of thy kindred. When he had a challenge and he had to leave Laban, Laban caught up with him and he had an encounter. He didn't know what to do because he had that Esau is ahead. This encounter now came and then the, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. He made him to go back That Means that what he has done in Bethel is now calling the place I'm the God of Bethel. Brethren, let us understand this. For an altar that you raise for God, he calls it by the name. If, for example, I have an encounter in an hotel, say like I just go on a retreat and God appeared and I was, he was able to speak to me mouth to mouth. If any time I want to call unto the Most High God, I will bring, his, and he say, bring unto me all this, all the things that you have done unto this house. Bring unto me so that I will be able to come forward unto you to tell you great and mighty things that you are going to do. God remembered the encounter he had and said, I'm the God of Bethel. And that is God we, that's the God that we serve. If God has identified you that you are the son, you are his son, and you have been able to keep that place, and you continue to make the fire on that altar to keep on burning. You keep on nurturing by fellowshipping. By going there on that altar to say unto the Most High God, here I am. Here I have, I have one thing or the other. He said it will arise for you. That is what the remembrance of God did. 
even in the life of Jacob here. Praise the Lord. And Genesis 32, look at the progression. When the angel wrestled with him, Joseph, uh, Jacob has, has suffered in the house of Laban for 20 years. He served and eventually he was going to meet Esau. And that's why this place was called Penia. God appeared unto him again. And there was a fight. There was a struggle. And I will tell you, there are seven things that because of the altar that he built unto the Most High God in Bethel, there are seven covenants. There are seven promises. There are seven benefits that he was given. And I will quickly run through that because of time. He said, I, Genesis 32, 30, he said that, and Jacob called the name of the place Bethel, uh, called the place Beniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. When God encountered him, he said that, number one, what he says to him is that he changed his name. That is where he changed his name. He changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And we all know that Israel, Jacob is no more again. Most the, 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 the country called Israel is Jacob before, but Israel is what we know. That's to tell you that the changing of his name makes him to be, to be, uh, 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 to, to, to be known all over the world. Israel today is a city that is a choice of God. It's a city that is protected. It's a city that is the seat that everyone that goes there will know that God actually resides there. Good agriculture, good armaments, and a lot of things that they have. So when the name that he changed from Jacob, it's an addition unto him. And also, he was made a prince. He said, by prince, you have wrestled. And if you are a prince, what do you mean? You are a leader. He's been made a leader, he's been a leader and that's why Israel is there as most of the leaders in the, uh, in the Middle East. And probably in the world, it's, they, are, they are very good strength in ammunition and in terms of what they can, they can do. So they made him a leader as he's made a prince. And also, he canceled the death certificate. There's a death certificate on his head. Because Esau was waiting for him on the day they are going to meet. And you find out that when they met, later in, the, that, in that particular chapter, they said that they hug each other. Somebody that has been promising that, I am going to kill you. Imagine that. And when they met, they met and they were crying over each other. It's because the angel appeared unto him and he said that he gave him a lot of blessings. And part of the blessings that he canceled the death certificate. Your death certificate is cancelled in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. Everyone that is chanting to the air that says that you are not going to move forward, that is saying that uh, you are going to have a spiritual death by the mercy of God, you will not in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then he became God's firstborn. When Moses was to go and pick the children of Israel, he said that he should tell Pharaoh, God stood and he said to Pharaoh that, release my firstborn, I'm going to kill your firstborn. And my wife, you know, it's Joseph that was there. He's one of the sons of Jacob. And that emboldened Moses to be able to go and, uh, and carry out the work that God has sent him to. Every one of us here, as we build an altar unto the Most High God, let us understand that there are there are benefits that we get. There are the gains. The glory is there. The glory cannot be forsaken. Glory of God radiates among the children of God when they have been able to perform their own part of the deal. So to say, praise the Lord. 
Then Noah, Noah built an altar, Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. And God smelled a sweet aroma as if he has been waiting for something good from Noah. He built an altar. Time will not permit me to read it. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and everything. God perceived. That means God recognized what is a sweet aroma. When he sees one, when he, when he smells one, he recognizes it. And because of that, God has to proclaim that summertime, uh, winter, that he will not use any flood to destroy the hearth again. Now, what that tells me is that if God can perceive an aroma that is sweet, your personal altar that you have to him, the aroma that comes from it will help you to be able to get as much from him because the personal altar of one person, which is Noah, is what we are enjoying today because by the personal altar that he laid down, God made a proclamation that affects every one of us. Praise the Lord. So a personal altar of somebody can affect a generation. And I pray that your personal altar will affect our generations in the mighty name of Jesus. A personal altar of Noah made God to be happy with the hearth and he said he will not destroy it with the flood. What about the personal altar of Abraham? Abraham, when we sing that Abraham blessings a man, blessing the money and blessing Abraham, is a personal altar. He toiled, he built altar at teach at every stage of his life. And all these altars are unto, the God, unto God to say that, indeed, God, I recognize you in my life. Take all the glory, take all the honor. And today, we are all children of Abraham. We are, we are, we are commonwealth of Israel. Praise the Lord. And then, uh, quickly, let's go to, because of time, the glory of altars. What are the glory of altars? And that will take me to the book of First Kings that our pastor used. First Kings chapter 18, verses 37 to 39. First Kings chapter 18. I would like it to be there from uh, on the multimedia. He said, hear me, O Lord. That is uh, Elijah talking now. That these people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. And the wood and the stone and the dust and they licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. See, a kind of a, a soul winning. And they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Now, what are the glory of this altar? Number one, there are answers to prayers. Answers to your prayers. When you build an altar to God, you know what it is that you have not been doing. If you have been going out to Winsos and you stopped, you can go back, build an altar unto the Lord. And if suddenly you lost the fire, the, the excitement at which you have in the place of prayer, you know, is dying. Ask the Most High God because the, it's ready to take you back. He said, the prayers that you build an altar, you know, is going to help. He said, answers to prayers. Psalm 50, verse 14 to 15. Psalm 50, verse 14 to 15 says, Pay your vows and call upon me when your obedience is total, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will answer you. Answers to prayer. Answers to prayer with thanksgiving. Pay your vows. Be obedient to the law that I will answer you. That is it. Then number two, when you have 
an altar and you repair it, perhaps it is broken. Just like that altar of Baal that, that uh, Elijah called, repair it before you go to bring down the fire of God. He said, then your offering shall be accepted of the Lord. Proverbs 15, verse 8. When you repair it, he said, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Proverbs 15, 8. The prayer, the sacrifice of the abomination. So when you, when you do a sacrifice, but is an abomination, what is an abomination? Uh, an abomi- uh, an abomi- what is abomination? Abomination is something that is abhorred, something that, that pollutes Something that does not give pleasure. That is what God is saying. It's an abomination to the Lord. That is what the sacrifice is. And if you have, just like our pastor has taken us through what an abomination, how how an altar can be polluted, when you do that and you expect your prayer to be answered, it's not going to be answered, despite the sacrifice you have made. You know it, unforgiving spirit, the spirit of, uh, uh, of, uh, of pride, um, I've I, I forgotten now. But you know, when you sin, pride and also unforgiving spirit, they are an abomination or any sacrifice. You have to repair the altar of God in your life before He can be able to answer the prayers in the mighty name of He will answer our prayers in the mighty name of Jesus. He said, Your potential shall be activated. First Kings 18 37 39. The wood, as we see it, a wood as it were cannot burn on its own except the fire of God touches it or the natural fire touches it. When the potential of a man is activated, it literally says that 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 they say that you cannot amount to because the log of wood is transferred, it, it, it starts to bring out fire and it starts to work. Without the log of wood, probably the fire will not have burned constantly there. So the product that we have, if anyone thinks that, oh, your potential is limited, as you build an altar unto him, your potential is going to be activated. Praise the Lord. Then number four, hardship would be a thing of the past. When the fire fell, it consumed the firewood and the rocks. It leaked the water. And what does that mean? When the water was leaked, it symbolizes that weeping, water, you know what water is. When they say weeping may endure for now, but you're in the morning. Weeping shall come to an end because as the fire of God leaked the water, anywhere that as you have been wetting your pillow, because of the altar that you have raised unto him, is able to arise and be able to clean your tears and say, my child, this is the time for you to come unto me and come into that place that everything that caused you sorrow have been, t- have taken, away, have been taken away. Praise the Lord. Amen. Then number five, the people say the Lord is God. When the fire of God fell on the Mount Carmel, literally there was an evangelism. It brings souls unto his kingdom. Put it in context. When they say the Lord is God, that means they bow down for the God of Elijah. When they bow down for the God of Elijah, it means that this is the side at which they belong. Imagine how many souls are going to be won on that day. Imagine how many souls that is being won on that day. That is what a, an appropriate altar, an altar that can draw fire, can do in the life of your children. Perhaps you are not having your family born again, some of them. 
it may be because you have not shown where you belong, whether you are in one leg in or you are in one leg out. But God is telling you that God can do wonderful things through you. By the reason of your altar, people will be able to know where you belong and who you belong to. That the Lord will do for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Time will not permit me to continue again. But I would like to summarize. Then we will pray. But do I still have more time, sir? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But are we, are we following? Are we, do we, do, are, are, are we impacted in one way or the other? Because this is very, very important for us. It's a word conference. It's the word that we need to look into the scripture and be able to impart ourselves. The summary is that build your personal altar by making, by making sure that God is alive on it. Don't let the fire go down on it. Yeah. Your personal altar, you carry it about. It can be a place in your house. Anywhere you do by your utterance is an altar. Any affection that you can have, any, anyone you can affect their life is an altar by way of them knowing that you are a true child of God. I want to tell us that God always <laughs> enjoys our fellowship. When we are consistent with our altar, he was ready to meet us there. Then number two, don't let the fire of the consecration go out. Your consecration. Because consecration is when you are separated unto God. When the fire go out, there is no altar you want to go and say you want to go. Unless you go back. But you cannot be going in and coming out, going in and coming out. You have to consecrate. You have to be consecrated and dedicate your life unto him. Praise the Lord. Let us rise. Create me a new world, O oh Lord, and renew right spirit within me. Create me, create me a new world.